people didn't always do what they were saying in the past, but sort of the relationship between yeah. what they say and do, I've seen data that suggests that's shifting at this point. So even that, which we thought we had our hands around is different. Guided by over 25 years in the data and research industry and assisting innovators with investment banking and advisory services, Seema Vasa brings you Data Gurus, a leading market research podcast that offers actionable insights for business acceleration and value creation. Join her as she speaks with key innovators in the space to bring you up to speed with the current state and the future of data analytics and data ecosystems. This is Data Gurus. Need support on your market research projects? Paradigm Sample is a full-service market research solutions provider. Whether you need help with questionnaire design, survey programming, or online data collection, we are ready to assist. Paradigm can do as little or as much as you need, saving you time so that you can focus on insights. Learn more at ParadigmSample.com. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Data Gurus. Today's episode is a bit of a special episode. Just recently, I was invited to speak at Numerator's virtual client event, and we specifically talked about industry trends in the online space. Bob Fawson, who's head of the survey business at Numerator, kindly invited myself and John Bremer, who was a former chief research officer at the MPD group, which is now called Circana. In this episode, we talked about the growth of the rest of platforms in our industry and the democratization of data and specifically address the importance and the call to action for improving data quality to essentially fuel quality insights. We also talk about the importance of expertise and context when you think about insights and looking at information to drive decisions. And the last piece we talked about is the role of survey research in the future as AI continues to play a bigger role in our industry. It was a lot of fun, a lot of good content. I hope you enjoy it. Take a listen. Please welcome Seema Vasa, founder and CEO of Infinity Squared Ventures, and John Bremer, president with Phantom 4 Solutions. I'm so excited to share our virtual stage today with Seema and with John. John Bremer is a market research executive and industry leader with a history of combining research methodology and commercial relevance to build leading insights platforms. John has held executive roles at Harris Interactive, Compete, Toluna, and was most recently Global Chief Research Officer at Circana. John has played key roles in industry initiatives led by the Advertising Research Foundation and CASRO, the Council of American Survey Organizations, and the Insights Association, among others. He's currently president at Phantom 4 Solutions, providing on-demand support to companies needing research, data science, and analytics support. Seema Vasa is a growth-focused strategic advisor, investment banker, and entrepreneur with expertise in market research and data ecosystems. She's held research roles at IntelliQuest, later Millward Brown, IBM, and NPD, now Circana. She's founder and CEO of Infinity Squared Ventures, an organization focused on advising middle market data and analytics company, a senior advisor with Oberon Securities, a New York investment bank, and Seema is the host of the weekly Data Gurus podcast. Most importantly, John and Seema are passionate about research and data 
They continue to make industry contributions, including work we do together to advance the Industry Global Data Quality Initiative, recently formed by seven leading industry organizations across the globe. And personally, I often turn to both Seema and John when I need to better understand the consumer insights ecosystem. And I'm certain you'll find them as insightful as I do. So let's get started, John and Seema, with a broad question. What is the state of the industry today? Thanks, Bob. That was awfully kind of you. And I did want to say just for everybody on the telecast, we sort of have this conversation almost on a weekly basis because we, as you mentioned, we serve on the steering committee of one of the components. I did also want to put it back on you. You know, we talk to each other. So hopefully this will be fun because we do this weekly. But as for the state of the industry, it's sort of complicated. I think I've described it as the best of times and the worst of times. And by that, I mean information is available to more people than ever before. That's one of the promises we've had for years and years, and it's coming to fruition. People can get answers to the questions. They can uh, do it at a relatively cheap price. You know, it's affordable. You know, so that's wonderful. That being said, there have been some side notes from things that we've actually done that aren't so great. I talk about this a lot. I think we've started to devalue expertise. I mean that in a variety of different ways. One, there is the democratization where there's the do-it-yourself platforms, which are wonderful, but it's up to the companies to make sure people using that are doing good research. But at the same point, if you're like me, you get 20 LinkedIn invitations every week from a new firm in the industry, which can be wonderful. You know, it provides innovation, things of that nature. But I always take a look to see who's behind the firms. And too many of them, in my opinion, are leading with technology as opposed to leading with expertise. And technology is a wonderful enabler of research, but it's an enabler. At the end of the day, clients and people doing survey research, they're just looking for answers to their questions and that's their key concern. So that's got to be at the forefront. I hear this tension between democratizing access to data and respecting expertise when it comes to generating insights. What would you say, Seema, about the state of the industry? Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what John said in terms of it's fantastic that I always say that the data and insights is not held hostage. More and more people can get access to it, which is really great. I do think context is important and that's where the expertise comes into play. I don't think we hear about, quote unquote, the decisions that were made perhaps with the wrong data or the wrong perspective on the data. I'm always baffled at times when we think about the amount of dollars, the decisions that Insight is really supporting and not necessarily understanding the foundation of where that Insights is coming from. I think there's different use cases, occasions. I'm sure a lot of the people on the call today understand basically occasion-based usage of data. And I think that's probably a place that we've already migrated to and just understanding where is it that you absolutely cannot sacrifice the expertise versus it being good enough. Yeah, Seema, I think that's a good point. One of the things that goes along with that is sort of proof points for the information that you're getting. Yes. Because at the end of the day, we're the experts. A lot of the buyers are not the experts. And so they're getting numbers back on a page. And without context that you speak about, they have no choice but to believe them and to take them as given. And if they're not good, they could lead to some really bad decisions. And I hate to be, because this is a great conversation, I hate to be a little bit reductive, but it feels like now we're talking about how do we get the quality of insights? That's, yeah. that's a function of both 
the expertise at the right level and the data itself. If data quality is increasingly important, and maybe I'm hearing increasingly variable, the outcomes, how should we think about quality? And how does that translate to practical advice for people buying market research? Yeah, I mean, I think number one, obviously it's critically important, Bob, you mentioned that we have this initiative with seven other organizations. It's definitely a call for the industry to unite together to really determine what is good and what is not so good and really help buyers understand that distinction. But I'll tell you, I think one of the reasons that it's critically important now is that technology is playing funny games, right? There's a lot of fraud that can happen in terms of being able to mimic a consumer or being able to use technology to complete a lot of surveys. And so that piece is definitely there. The good news is that's probably an easier problem to solve because you just combat it with technology. It's the piece that I think that we all struggle with. And that is, how do we make sure the consumers that we're interviewing and asking for feedback are truly the consumers that they say they are? So we get through all the technology stuff. Now we have a real person here. How do we ensure that person is actually who they say they are and they're responding in a way that's adding value and they're giving their feedback to us. And so there's a variety of ways that we've talked about, but I'll stop there and let John add his perspective on that as well. Well, I'm glad you have the perspective that technology can solve it all pretty quickly. Not quite there yet. No, but it's a little bit easier than actually validating that the consumer is actually who they say they are in terms of purchase behavior. Well, let let me sort of combine those two things. I think that I'm not going to age us, but we've been in the industry for a while and we've seen things come and go. And for all the right reasons, we've made maneuvers. And I go back to 99 and we're like, oh, if we're doing online, we'll survey somebody once every 30 days. And we had all these crazy rules that have just flown out of the window. Well, we developed technology Mm -hmm. to help us with efficiency, to help us provide more information to people. That's a wonderful thing. And I'm not speaking ill of that, but there have been some side things that have come from that. And part of that is we've lost, it's now an open ecosystem for people who utilize those technologies where sample goes into the ecosystem and they might know what happened for one stage or two stages, but the respondent might be in there for 28 stages. You know, they've lost the ability to track what's going on. So all the good intent is difficult to back up. If you can, in fact, know who the people are, if they're in a closed ecosystem, then, you know, for example, here, the numerator, they know their folks, they know what they did, which is critically important because often there are other errors that creep into surveys unintentionally, but it's sort of a combination of the technology which is designed to do good. It really is designed to to accomplish something that's good for folks, but without some additional things being added onto it, uh, sort of lost control of some. Yeah, I think the other piece I'd say is that it's ever evolving. You're never there. There is no destination because as technology continues to improve for its good purposes, we evolve as well. But Equally, there's bad actors. And so we have to continuously balance that. Think of it like the consumers who are responding to surveys are customers or are prospective customers. And we should think of them in that way and with that mental model. And we should treat them as such. Because I think if you treat the consumers you survey like you treat your customers directly, you're going to get better data. And that's very simple things. John, you mentioned a closed ecosystem or finding those consumers who are observing their behaviors for shorter surveys or a more natural data collection environment. And I think 
There's this also kind of long versus short-term equilibrium where, that we're dealing with in the industry where a lot of the efficiency technology gets us to the right people with a short-term equilibrium, but we have to treat those consumers with respect over time. And that's how we generate really powerful insights. Yeah, I think there's also a side issue here, which has to do with survey data used to be it for everybody. You know, if you wanted to know anything, you went out and you got surveyed, you know, you did a survey and, you know, thing costs were coming down so you could more easily do that. In this day and age, there's so much data that proliferates throughout the system that survey data is absolutely the best. You know, if we're talking about the who, what, where, when, and why, for absolutely the why, maybe the who, Seema brought up observational type things. There's better data if you just want to know the what. And I think there is opportunity for survey to connect all these things. But if the quality, you know, this is why the quality initiatives are so important right now, because if the quality declines, the surveys will lose relevance in some form or fashion. And so we're at a precipice. I think there's a humongous opportunity for the survey research industry. But if it's treated incorrectly, I don't think it'll ever go out of business. But I think there's some real negatives that are coming their way because of alternatives people have. I do think there's a lot of discussion about AI and what's going to happen to research and insights. There's one piece that I hold hope for, and that is being able to understand the emotional connection a consumer has with a brand and experience that's still, you know, we all come to this world with different experiences and different reactions. I think survey research can play a vital role in being able to capture that and understand at a deeper layer the why, John, as you mentioned, to understand the purchase behavior or a particular decision that somebody might take. I agree completely. Oh, it's funny. ChatGPT sort of did their marketing explosion earlier this year. All the discussions were, A, are we going to have a job? B, is this stuff actually correct? And I actually do fear that you have some pretty well-known examples of AI not giving the right answer at times. You know, it's a wonderful thing, but people are trusting the robot overlords. So if they actually see something come out of it, they believe it. There's yeah. the lawyer who uh, I think was using ChatGPT. There's so much AI mm-hmm. out there. ChatGPT just made up court cases and he put them in and he believed it. In fact, when they asked him to verify, he just went back to mm-hmm. ChatGPT to verify. I think we're in danger of that. Yeah. So to bring us full circle, I think this is where the expertise really yes. matters again. It's interesting because, you know, we're talking about surveys being used to connect data, to validate data, because it's such a dynamic consumer insights ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in many ways, I share your optimism. All three of us have worked in this space for a very long time. And one of the most exciting things for me about being at Numerator is seeing the power of combining that behavior, real data with the surveys. If the world is changing as fast or sometimes even faster than, you know, consumer insights as an industry, how would you think about using surveys to get to the motivations behind behavior? I mean, I think COVID has taught us a lot, right? That it's unpredictable. Like we are having massive shifts in our world, locally, on the state level, globally. And the need to understand consumer sentiment, opinion, behavior, drivers is more critical than ever today. Because, I mean, even think about our own personal selves. How much have we shifted? in the last week to four weeks to eight weeks 
that plays out for consumers as well. And so I think making sure that we understand the consumer and kind of where their mindset is critically important. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I love the COVID example. We had these models of how the world works and the models just completely went out the window. So now we've got other things coming up. The student loan, you know, freeze is going away. Now that was providing some good money for folks. Yeah. What are they going to cut back on? What are they going to do? How is their behavior going to change? I think that the research can help get to the intent. Yeah, again, we're coming back to the whys, which it yeah. does a great job at. It provides the context. The behavior may slowly change and you need to connect the two. And again, expertise can help you connect the two. But we're in a different world now where people don't know where they want to work. Are they in an office or not? And how does that change their life? Will they change what they're doing because they're being forced to go back into the office? Or are they happy to do that? There are so many examples of these things and they've shifted buying behaviors. They've shifted just traditional behaviors, which we thought we had down pat. We knew how to interpret what people were doing and why they were doing it. And now that went out the window. So yet another opportunity. Yeah. I actually think also ESG is another one. People oh, yeah. are thinking about how critically important it is. And you guys will all appreciate this comment. It's the say-do ratio, right? They say it's critically important, but are they actually buying products that support their vision of supporting ESG initiatives? I love everything about this discussion because that is a perfect example of how quickly the world is changing and yeah. how I would... Bob, let me go in on that because I think there's even more nuance there. I love the example. People didn't always do what they were saying in the past. But sort of the relationship between yeah. what they say and do, I've seen data that suggests that's shifting at this point. So even that, which we thought we had our hands around is different. I completely agree. So this has been such a wonderful conversation and it's been fantastic to have you here, Seema and John. I'd like to end with the lightning round. As you, John, at, at Santon4 are working with businesses on their data strategy and Seema, as you're working with founders and other companies, what one piece of advice, what's your one sentence of advice or, that you're giving to researchers and founders and executives? Focus. There is a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Research plays a vital role in the ecosystem. Obviously, leverage technology where you can know that its relevance is critically important. And it's just a matter of not trying to capture all of it, but really focus on your solution, your craft and your approach. Yeah. As I'm talking to people about data strategy, one of the things that I talk about is it's not about survey research. It's not about POS data. It's not about it's about information mm -hmm. and think about information and how am I going to put the best data together? That's going to allow me to answer the questions, get to my clients' needs, things of that nature. And then finally, I just tell them, even if not using it, use the word AI and all your emotional <laughs> materials. People want that and they'll get funny. you more money. Well, thank you both. I, we get to do this again in the future. And have well, a wonderful Thank week. you very much. It's a pleasure being here. Take care, Bob. Bye. Take care, John. Thank you for listening to the Data Gurus podcast brought to you by Infinity Squared. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Whether you need help with questionnaire design, survey programming, or online data collection, we're ready to assist. Let us know your needs and we can customize a solution just for you. Learn more at ParadigmSample.com.